Mai te rangi ki te whenua, ki rungi ngā mea katoa, i te au katoa. Te ihi, te wehi, te tapu, te mana, te tino rangatiratanga, kia iho, iho nui, iho taketake, iho te wānanga, iho te waiora, iho matua, iho tamate ariki, iho koraiti, iho te hā, te whakakitenga mai, o te whakaro nui, te māramatanga. He honore, he kororea ki te atua, he maungarongo ki te whenua, he whakaro pai ki ngā tangata katoa, tīhei mauriora. Kamihiake ki tō tātou waka, ngā iwi o tainui, koutou te mana whenua, tēlā koutou, tēlā koutou. Kamihiake ki tō tātou kengi, tūheitia potatou te perowhero, te tūawhetu, kamihiake, Kamihiake, kamihiake. Kamihiake ki ngā rangatira o te hāhi nei, ents, poro, me ngā kaitia ki ngā kaiarehi, ngā kaimahi katoa, koutou katoa, tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou. O te amorangi ki mua, o te hāpai o ki muri. Kia ora koutou. Just in short, just to explain briefly about my mihi there, I've, I've uh, acknowledged our Creator. I've acknowledged our mana whenua, Tainui Waka, Waikato. I've acknowledged Kingi Tuheitia, Potato, Te Whirofiro, Te Tuawhetu. I've also acknowledged your church here, Anson Poro, your elders, and all of you. And I've also mentioned a Fakatoki ko te Amorangi Kimua, ko te Apaio. Kimuri, which means that although for someone to be successful up front, it takes honour and support from all of those around. Kia ora tato, kia ora koutou. So just a short mihi and a short intro. I'm nearly 49 years of age. I was born in Invercargill in Waihopoi. I was raised in Blenheim and Waiharakeke. I was, uh, what I'd like to say, is fattened up on the cream of Ngāpuhi in Te Tukerau for 20 years, and now I'm muscled up back living with my iwi of Te Arua in Rotorua, my maketu ki Tongariro, ko te waka o Te Arua, ko Te Arua māngai nui, upoko tu takitaki. From maketu to Tongariro is the waka of Te Arua, Te Arua the determined people, Te Arua the esteemed people. Kia ora no koutou. My wife Marama and I have been married for 27 years. We have uh, three tamariki, we have two mokopuna and another uh, mokopuna that's due following matariki. I'm Eriwera and uh, we are so thankful to Anson Poro and all of you here for the opportunity for us as a whānau from Rotorua Elam to Tautoko to support, to Afi and to come along and serve you guys in this way. Kirikiriroa, Hamilton, Elam. You know what? Although we don't know all that's happening, God, our God, he certainly does. I think we've seen over the last couple of weeks, or maybe it goes back further than that, maybe the last few years, we've seen that protesting or dishonouring, I would say, has been a lot more common than honouring. 
Now, I'm all up for a protest. Being from Ngāpuhi and being from Te Arua, it's an interesting mix. So I'm all up for protesting. My tūpuna moinga herehere was the 47th si to Te Tiriti o Waitangi. And so today, in part two of Forgotten Virtues, I'm going to talk about the forgotten virtue of honour. The virtue of honour and the issue of dishonour, it's nothing new. Jesus also came across this, as is written in Mark chapter 6. But just before we go to that passage, here's the context of Mark chapter 6. Jesus has done some incredible miracles. He's healed a woman that had an issue of blood for 12 years. These days, that's probably known as endometriosis. And even, even more incredible, Maitona Ki Onakupu, from what Jesus said, he brings back to life a young girl, a young Kotiro. Then Jesus goes into his hometown, his own Tūranga Waiwai, not his birthplace, where his whānau, his hapu, his iwi were from, and where he was raised. He goes to his hometown, Nazareth, and the people there, they're keen as for the arrival of the Messiah. Jesus comes as the Messiah, and they look straight past him. They don't show him any honour, and we'll see in Mark, they actually do the complete opposite. Let me read to you from Mark chapter 6, and verses 1 through to 4. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things? They asked. What's this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, this is to his disciples, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives, and in his own home. Jesus was without honor on his very own Tūranga Waiwai, in his own hometown, Jesus was without honor. So what's the difference between showing honor and withholding honor? Here's two Greek words. Now, Greek was the language at that time, the common language at that part of the world at the time when the New Testament was written. So the first Greek word is artimos, which means without honor. The word artimos means to dishonor or to treat as common or ordinary, that there's nothing special about you there's no reason to treasure you. I'm not going to say anything good about you. I don't expect anything good from you. You're simply ordinary. 
You're common. You're nothing special. That's what Artemis means. The second Greek word that is translated as honor, it looks like the word time. Now, to me, I would think that was pronounced time, but it's actually pronounced time. And time means to value, to respect, to highly esteem. It means to treat as precious, much like a taonga. It means to treat as weighty and as highly valuable. What do you think honour does? Honour esteems. Honour cherishes. Honour values. Honour builds up. It encourages. Honour believes the very best. What does dishonour do? Dishonour, on the other hand, dishonour treats as common, ordinary. Dishonour tears down. It belittles. Dishonour criticises. It devalues. Dishonour assumes the worst. So here's the problem. We often think that once someone is worthy of honour, behaves in an honourable way, then I will show honour. Once someone lives in such a way that they deserve honour, then at that very moment, I'll go ahead and I'll ascribe to them. But there's a massive, massive difference between respect and honour. What do we know? What do we know? We know from the example of Jesus and throughout Scripture, we are commanded honour. We're commanded to honour. We know that respect is earned, but honour, on the other hand, is given. Not based on whether somebody is worthy of honour, not based on meeting certain conditions. Honour is simply given. Throughout the Bible, people are commanded to give honour. And here's what's crazy. When you start to ascribe honour to somebody, when you start to honour somebody, when you treat them as special, when you treat them as weighty, when you treat them as precious, just like a taonga, and you start to build them up, and you believe in them, you believe the best, and you encourage them, you uppy them, you totoko them, they often just start to become honourable. Simply by honouring people, they become more honourable. And on the other hand, when you assume the worst, when you tear people down and tell them over and over and over again what they're not, when you belittle them, when you criticize them, when you take them out right at the knees, it's so amazing how people can start acting with more dishonor. Why? Because honor builds up and dishonor tears down. So what are you going to do? How are we to respond? What I want to do today is I want to narrow in on four different avenues of scripture in which we are told to show honor. We'll look at four different categories of those that we just one. Number one, we are to honor God. We're to honor God, our creator, 
tō tātou kaihanga, our redeemer, our provider, our saviour, tō tātou kaiwhakaora, our sustainer. And how do we honour God? Scripture gives us a number of different ways. Here's just a couple. One of the ways we honour God is we honour God with what he gives to us. We honour God with what he gives to us. In Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9, the Bible says, Honour him with your wealth, with the first fruits. Honour him with your wealth, with the first fruits. Everything that we have comes from God. And so when he gives us any increase, we honour him giving back as an act of honour to God. We honour God with our wealth, with the first fruits. We are also called to honour God with our bodies. Our bodies are holy and set apart for his glory. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 20, it says, You were bought at a price, therefore honour God with your bodies. So that means there's some places we won't go. There's some things we just won't do. And there's some things that we won't look at. And some things that we'll do that may seem different to others because God has called us to be holy and set apart. In the world, as an example of Jesus, a light in the darkness. We honour him. That's who we are. We honour God. We're also told in Scripture not just to honour God, but we're also told to, number two, honour our parents. Honour our parents. In Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12, the Bible says, Honour your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now, this isn't based on what they do or what they've done. This isn't based on how good or how bad they've been as a parent. If honour can't be earned, then honour can't be lost. If honour is to be given, not based on condition, honour should always remain regardless. In Matuama, parents, we're not called to be buddies to our children first and foremost. Our responsibility is to be their covering, imparting life into our tamariki, imparting life into our children. Parents, matuama, our responsibility is to, to honour through how we honour. So they will know how to honour. We honour God, we honour our parents, and it's all interconnected. The third thing scripture shows us is to honour those in authority. And you might be looking at me and swearing under your breath. You've got to be joking, Eriwera. What the heck? Honour those in authority? But she's so tyrannical. She's so evil. Well, this is what the Bible says in Romans chapter 13 and verse 7. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honour, then honour. You know what? To put it nicely, 
in the most honouring way over all the years that I've voted. I've liked some of those that have been in authority and others, not so much. I have disagreed with some policies and some decisions that have been made and other times I've disagreed with the whole lot. You know what? Know that you can disagree without dishonouring. You can disagree without dishonouring, and there's a big difference. We honour those in authority. We honour our parents. We honour God. So we pray for those we voted for, and we pray for those that we didn't vote for. We pray for those that we like, and we pray for those that we don't like. The right thing to do, the honouring thing to do as followers of Christ is to honour and to pray for those in authority. We don't have to agree, but we do have to honour. In the Old Testament, we see with David, David was running for his life from the authority at that time, King Saul. King Saul's trying to do all that he can to kill him, to kill David. And what does David do? Does David kill King Saul? No, he doesn't. He had the prime opportunity. He had the choice to do whatever he wanted. And he showed honor. He showed honor when he had the very opportunity to kill King Saul. And that opportunity, he showed honor. You can disagree without being dishonorable. You can disagree and still be honorable. If honor can't be earned, then it can't be lost. If honor is to be given not based on conditions, then honor should always remain regardless. And number four, honor our pastors and church leaders. Honor our pastors and church leaders. In 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 17, the Bible says, the elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those who work in preaching and teaching. So let me really encourage you with all your pastors, your elders, those who are serving your kids, double honor, double honor. Give them double honor. But why does honor matter so much? Why does it matter that we honor? Why does it matter that we honor God? Why does it matter that we honor our parents? Why does it matter that we honor those in authority? Why does it matter that we honor our pastors and our church leaders? Yes, we might be commanded to do it, but why does it matter? Honor is just not right before God. But to be dishonorable actually affects you, but not only you, it has an effect that goes outside of you. It affects you and your whanau, it affects your friends, and it affects all of those around you. Anytime you're dishonoring, it actually affects so, so much. In fact, Scripture shows us this in Mark chapter 6 and verses 4 and 5. When Jesus was talking to those around him, his disciples, he said, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town 
among his relatives and in his own home. Now check out verse 5 and 6. It's unbelievable. This is what it says. He could not do any miracles there except lay hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Here's what's crazy. It doesn't say that he wouldn't. It doesn't say, Scripture says that he couldn't. But we know that before this time, immediately just before this happened, he could. Because Jesus raised to life a dead girl. He just healed a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years. But in this context, where there was a lack of faith, and when there was a lack of honour, he couldn't do any miracles. And I don't fully understand this. I don't understand how Jesus, who is God in the flesh, all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present, could not do what he wanted to do. But what we can see is that the combo of a lack of honour and a lack of faith limited what Jesus could have done. So it makes me wonder, how has your dishonour, your lack of honour, limited what Jesus could have done for you? How has your lack of honour limited what Jesus could have done in your life and through you and making a difference in the lives of others? Scripture says this in Romans chapter 12 and verse 10. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honour. Or as another version puts it, honour one another above yourselves. So how are we doing? How are we going? In the way in which we live. Are we honouring one another above ourselves? Are we doing all we can to outdo one another and showing honour. You want a great marriage? You want a great boss? You want great leaders? You want a great nation? It all starts with honour. Instead of tearing down, how about outdoing one another and showing honour and encouraging one another and esteeming one another and believing the best for one another? Just imagine the difference that Jesus could make in the lives of others if we as a church whānau outdid each other in encouraging one another, in valuing one another, in esteeming one another, in believing the best for one another. We've got to outdo one another in showing honour. And that starts with us as the church, as followers of Christ and his Example. You might say the reason our nation is so dishonouring is perhaps because of the church collective, Christ followers in our nation, and our lack of honour. Let's honour God with all we have. Honour God by honouring our parents. Honour God by honouring those in authority. Honour God by honouring our pastors and our church leaders. Jesus is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Huia te kingi o ngā kingi, 
cuya diariki unga ariki. He is the righteous one who shed his blood that we all would live. To honor God is to honor others. When we do that, our families, our whanau, our friends, our leaders, our churches, our nation will become more of what God intends it to be. Let's outdo one another in showing honour.